Welcome to a special edition of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. We're thinking spring this week. The 101st Finley Market Opening Day Parade would have been this Thursday, but obviously plans have been altered because of the coronavirus outbreak. Nothing says baseball tradition like opening day in Cincinnati. Nobody knows that better than a man who's experienced this for 46 years. Now I'm pleased to be joined by a man who needs no introduction in the city of Cincinnati, Marty Brenneman. Marty, thanks for taking a few minutes here on WCPO. Oh, believe me, my pleasure, Mike. Nice to be with you. Well, give me a, um, a sense. I mean, everybody's in the same boat, obviously. Um, how do you wrap your mind around what's happening, not only in our country, but in the world with this coronavirus outbreak? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think you can wrap your head around it. I, we're, we're all experiencing something, whether you're almost 78 years old like I am or you're eight years old. Uh, we've never been through anything like this. I, I was talking to uh, Jeff Brantley today on the telephone from his home in Mississippi, and he said the closest thing that we, having been in baseball for so long, could uh, parallel to some extent was the strike of 1995 uh, when we lost 51 ball games or whatever it was. And I can go back to 81 when they lost more than that, and that's when they had the split season and the Reds failed to make the postseason despite having the best record in baseball. But that's just missing games. After missing games, this has nothing to do with either one of those times. Uh, There's so much uncertainty involved in this thing. There are so many conflicting opinions about how it's going to how long it's going to last. Some people I've read as long as in the next spring. And then I've I've seen things where it said it'll be over in in, uh, by the middle of June. So you wake up every morning with a sense of uncertainty, unlike anything you've ever had before. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, a, it's an often used cliche, but it's very, very uh, pertinent to this situation. Hey, when, when we say we're all in this together, we're talking about the entire world. We're just not talking about a close group of friends that are experiencing something together for the first time. Obviously, you were named Grand Marshal of the uh, 101st uh, Finley Market Opening Day Parade back in mid-February, and obviously things have drastically changed, that being canceled with a lot of other events around the city and around the state of Ohio. But uh, I know you told John Keysweater, you know, this would be an an extremely special moment and and really kind of the official kickoff to your retirement, as it were. I know you've been making Reds Fest appearances, Reds Caravan appearances, all their other promo uh, spots as well. But uh, how much were you really looking forward to that? Uh, on this this Thursday for opening day? Well, I, I was really looking forward to it I'm, because, and I looked at it somewhat like you did, even though Amanda and I have been very busy this winter before this thing came up, uh, traveling here, here and there and, and doing like everybody else, whatever you wanted to do when you had the time to do it and when you wanted to do it. But uh, I viewed this as kind of closing the book in one sense and then opening another book in the other. That's closing a tremendous career for me personally with the Cincinnati Reds over 46 years and then opening the book on retirement and, and looking forward to seeing and doing the things that, that I had looked forward to doing when I made this decision well over a year ago that uh, 2019 was going to be my final year. I know you had plans to go to the Mediterranean in May and a lot of other yeah. things like that. Um, tell us just what, how are you uh, kind of passing the time right now? A lot of people are, you know, going back and watching old games, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, uh, are you doing any of that? Oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, this CBS just uh, yesterday and Saturday were supposed to have six hours of great tournament games in the NCAA. 
uh, including a game I did in Philadelphia, the Kentucky Duke game back in 1992 when Leitner hit the shot, uh, the Carolina Villanova game when uh, uh, the Jenkins kid hit the shot that beat Carolina after a sensational shot to tie it by Marcus Page. I was really looking, and naturally we were interrupted because of the president's daily news conference and then Mike DeWine's news conference and then Andy Bashir's in Kentucky, his news conference, which was purely understandable. But I, I watched as much of that as I could. Um, I watched a little bit of the uh, New York Yankee, Boston Red Sox, one game playoff back in, I think, 1978 or 79 when Bucky Dent hit the home run off Mike Therese uh, to win it for uh, the Yankees. I, I, so I have not been unlike a lot of people. But at the same time, I, I got to be honest with you. I say God bless Netflix and Prime Video and and uh, all the other streaming uh, companies because I've, I've watched a lot of stuff like that. And and the other thing is that we have a we have a uh, treadmill in our home, and Amanda and I try to walk five miles every day, and we've been doing that forever. And that that for just a short period of time it gives you some uh, departure from the. The, the tedium of being extremely boring. Uh, and I'm sure everybody feels the same way. There's only so much you can do, and especially now with uh, the shelter in place, uh, it's even more so. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and, and I think we've made an adjustment to it uh, to, to do however small a part it might be. But I hope everybody else would uh, heed the warnings of people that know a heck of a lot more about this than we do and do what they they feel is necessary to even either begin to shorten the curve a bit or to bring about a quicker resolution of this horrific thing that's that's beset us all from an international standpoint. I was just going to ask you from a personal standpoint, how important is it to have that balance where you can, you know, you can watch the news conferences, but you also can walk on the treadmill and watch sports. I mean, yeah. how important is that day to day? It's, it's very important. I, you know, I, I think it's important to get up and do as much as you can that you do normally. I mean, I get up every morning, I shave, I take a shower, I get dressed. Uh, that means something to me. That means that I'm not laying around uh, hoping that the next minute uh, we'll get a we'll get an edict from heaven that this thing has all disappeared. It's not going to happen that way. And so I try as best I can. I feel better if I'm clean shaven and I'm, I've had a shower and I've dressed. I just think there's certain things you need to do uh, to get up and move around or go outside and take a walk. Thank God we can still do that. Um, so as, as tough as it is to be homebound, which we all are or we all should be, uh, there's still certain things that you can find to do to break the tedium of boredom. And I, I think we work at trying to do that. I want to get into some maybe some happier memories. Your basketball career as a, as a broadcaster and especially with the Leitner shot you've been seeing that a lot uh, lately uh, what do you what do you remember go ahead. go ahead what did you say I said Kentucky fans don't like to hear yeah. <laughs> well, how much did you enjoy calling uh, basketball games obviously the national uh, CBS uh, position that you held for many years and uh, just I, tell me about that I don't think there's any event on earth sporting event like the NCAA tournament um, with all due respect to the World Series and the NBA Finals and the NHL and whatever other sports you want to throw in there, there's nothing like that which captivates almost an entire country for almost a month. Uh, as soon as the play-in games become, uh, start in Dayton uh, to the various re sub-regionals and then the regionals and the Final Four of the regionals and then the Final Four itself, 
uh, I was privileged to work 15 regional finals and, and 11 final fours. And I, uh, I don't think there's any sporting event like that in the world. And I, I was blessed to have some great games, which I think a lot of guys in my profession who were privileged to work that tournament on a year in year out basis for a period of time also had the same type of thing. Um, uh, I had Greg Anthony hitting a shot at the buzzer to beat Arizona in, in a regional final. And it was a major upset because Arizona was the number one seed. That game was played at McNichols arena in, uh, in Denver. Uh, I had Leitner hitting a shot uh, to, I'm trying to remember Connecticut. He beat UConn on a shot at the buzzer from the left sideline. The shot would have been a three point goal that had been in, in effect at the time. And, and I had a game where Mark Macon and Temple, uh, lost on a, a, a last-second miss by Mark Macon, who was everybody's All-American, a guard at, at Temple. It would have been a huge upset because Temple was not even picked to get to the regional final, and, and they did against Carolina. And had he made that shot, they'd have won the game. So I've had a lot of great games, and I've often felt that great games make announcers better than they really are. So I was, I was very appreciative of having a lot of great games in the NCAA tournament. Do you remember the last time you did a basketball game? You know, Mike, I don't, I think it's probably been 15, 16, 17 years since I've done uh, any NCAA uh, games. And I miss it every year. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. I, I, uh, I'm, of course, I went to Carolina, so I'm a Carolina fan. Um, but I, you know, again, this is an event that, that was postponed or canceled. Uh, I didn't agree, agree with the NCAA at the time because I said just to cancel it out of pocket without waiting a month, uh, having no knowledge of what's transpired since then. Now uh, they made the right decision. Um, and and I have, I'm very concerned about whether or not there will be much of a baseball season. And if the people who are predicting that this thing could go for many, many months, I mean, it could conceivably wipe out the NFL and the, and the college football season. We don't know that. Right. Uh, Hopefully that will be the case. But all of that is a minor consideration uh, to all the other big things that are going on, the economy, the loss of jobs, uh, business potentially uh, going under. Um, I watched a great piece on 60 Minutes last night uh, with a gentleman who's president of the Federal Reserve Bank in Minneapolis. Uh, he was very optimistic, and this is a very bright guy. He was at the forefront of the 2008 situation that helped to get this country out of a serious economic situation. So he's no dummy that they dragged in off the street. And, and you know, he offered up uh, opinions based on fact that there's plenty of money. We're not gonna run out of money. The banks will always have money. He said, that's what the Federal Reserve Bank is responsible for being sure of that. He said, so people who are concerned about that, they can put that aside and make that a minor consideration in view of all the other things. Um, it's just a lot of things to worry about. And, and I know that it's probably hard to be optimistic. It's hard to um, not be afraid because we're still, we're still just scratching the surface of what this thing can be. Um, so we just have to rely on the people who are in a position of knowing um, they, they rely on the opinions that they have, the advice that they give, and not just blow them off. Uh, I was stunned by the number of people 
who are still going to beaches, uh, who are still going out to play tennis and do all the things that you would do in a normal environment, because that sure as heck is not what we're in right now. So we have to listen to those people. I, I don't like being cooped up in my house anymore than the guy next door or you do. Unfortunately, you go to work because, uh, thank God, TV and radio uh, and the newspaper are essentials as far as this thing is concerned, because it's a way of people to find out what the heck is going on. But other than that, we, you gotta you got to listen as hard as it might be to those people, uh, heed their advice, do what they tell you to do. Um, and, and hopefully if we all do it together, uh, it may bring a quicker end to this thing than it otherwise might be. Have you ever thought if and when baseball does return this year, and this may sound optimistic, obviously, knowing what we know, but uh, how unique it would be to broadcast a baseball game with no fans? It would be strange. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I forgot about the, the, when they had the, the racial uh, riots in Baltimore. I think the Orioles and the White Sox played two games and no tickets were sold and the gates were locked. And I saw some interviews of players that were involved in that, and they said it, it was eerie. It, it was uh, something, a feeling that they had never had before, they've never had since. Um, the only way I think that's going to happen, if we operate under the assumption that there will be some measure of baseball played in 2020, the only way I think that baseball would agree to play games without fans in the stands is if they were lead pipe certain based on the information that they were given, that that would be a temporary thing. I don't think that they would play 81 games or play 110 games or, or whatever the number might be and not sell one ticket from the time that the first pitch was thrown, whenever that might be. I think that's the only way they would play any games uh, without anybody in the stands. I could be dead wrong because I'm sure as heck not privy to what's going on inside uh, the office of the commissioner and the people that work for him and the ownerships in baseball. I just can't think that that would be a viable way to conduct uh, business unless the game was given the ultimatum. You either play the entire season without any fans or you don't play it at all. That means that television and radio and the newspapers have become very, very, very important because I'm sure the media would be allowed to some extent um, I can't imagine that they would not TV or, and or radio the games if that were the case, because that would be the pipeline to all the fans that were uh, great followers of the Reds or the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever it might be. We have so much anticipation about this Reds offseason, so we're going to be talking about this, obviously, for, uh, for quite some time. But uh, what impressed you most about the offseason moves that the ball club made this year? Well, I, a man and I were out in spring training for two and a half weeks, and, and I was very impressed by what I saw. I mean, I, I was not – I didn't walk away disillusioned based on all the hype that surrounded the acquisition of Mike Moustakas and Nick Castellanos and Wade Miley. Uh, they were as advertised. Um, their rotation, I just saw, uh, I guess, Friday, that MLB had ranked their rotation as the fourth best in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I believe that. I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever. They pay, potentially, they have three number ones in their rotation in Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. I mean, they're legitimate number ones in, uh, in, in one rotation. And with all the games that Trevor Bauer was getting his butt handed to him after he came from the Indians, and I said as early as August, 
I said, just wait until next year. He's going to be fine. And I think that um, he's just – he's a very gifted guy. I admire his honesty. There are not too many ball players that have the kind of honesty that he has, and I respect that. But I think as a whole, this team had a chance and, – and, and, again, we operate on the assumption that a, a season will be played. They have the opportunity to be the kind of team that's really going to be fun to watch uh, that will be a team that has every reason to believe that they can be in the postseason. And with the kind of starting pitching they have, if they get there, they have a chance to go deep into the postseason. I really like this club. And again, I, I, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm in the same boat you are. And I put baseball and all the rest of it in the back seat when it comes to the bigger picture problems that we have. But I still feel that it would be a shame for this club not to show how good it can be because of what we're dealing with right now, because uh, I've never been more enthusiastic about a team based on the announcements and then based on what I saw in the time I was in spring training that I am as far as 2020 is concerned. Who else are you staying connected with? You mentioned Jeff Brantley at the outset here, but uh, you have a lot of people checking in on you. Do you check in on some people around the organization around baseball? I, I, I don't think I've talked to too many people outside of our guys. Uh, and I've got to check in on some people, uh, guys that are really buddies of mine. Brian Anderson, who does TV in Milwaukee, uh, is a very talented young man and uh, has meant an awful lot to me. And, and, and there's some others that, that I'll, uh, I'll dial up, some of the Giants guys that I'm really close friends with. Uh, but I've stayed in touch with Tom and I've stayed in touch with uh, Tommy Thrall and Brantley and, and uh, Chris Welsh. And, you know, it's just it's like a broken record because you ask somebody how they're doing and all they're doing is replicating everything that you've been doing for, you know, it's amazing. It's how short a period of time it has been. Amanda and I left spring training. It'll be two weeks ago this coming Wednesday. And everything went to hell Thursday. And we were back. It seems like it's been five years. It really does. It's amazing how long it has seemed since the revelation came about the coronavirus and the implications worldwide. Um, but I try to stay in touch with people. Uh, Jim Day, I've talked to probably more than anybody. Jim and I are dear friends. And, uh, you know, it, you talk about your optimism that a season will be played. And you, uh, you talk about the optimism that, you know, a number, short number of months from now, everything will be as we've always known it to be. And we hope that if enough people feel that way, again, I go back to doing what they tell you to do. I know people get tired of hearing that, uh, but I don't think you can underline that the importance of it enough uh, because maybe it takes a while for it to get through the skulls of some people. Didn't take long for the Brenneman family to, to eat it. And I'm sure the same holds true in, in your situation. So uh, we got to do what we got to do. How much are you listening to that jukebox? We're going to get another one. <laughs> are you really? <laughs> yeah, we are. Nice. That's great. Well, they got some closeouts, this company that we deal with in St. Louis. And uh, the guy that owns the place has become a, a buddy of ours. And he let us know that they have some that they let out in showrooms and, and stuff like that, that that's a one time a year deal where they get rid of four or five of them. And we're getting it at a very cheap price. And it's going to be one that holds CDs. And what we have now holds 45s. Uh, so uh, it, we've gotten so much enjoyment out of that. Uh, because I said at the time when Amanda gave it to me, one, it's the best gift anybody's ever given me. 
because as a kid going all the way back to, I think when I was seven years old, growing up in Portsmouth, Virginia, uh, and saw one for the first time at a drugstore, I, I was overwhelmed by it. And I thought, boy, I, you know, I, I'll feel like one day if I ever have one, I will have arrived. Well, I got one now and very shortly I'm going to have another one. <laughs> That's great. Well, Marty Brenneman, thank you very much for your time and perspective and uh, obviously stay healthy and God bless uh, you and your family. Mike, you do the same thing, buddy. I appreciate the time we spent together and, and tell everybody there that I say stay well and be safe. And hopefully the next time we talk, we talk on a happier note. Thanks again to former Reds broadcaster Marty Brenneman for his time and perspective today. We're going to have our regular WCPO High School Insider podcast on Friday. Be sure to have plenty of things to talk about then. Thanks again for listening. 